0: Just a brief talk tonight. Um, following on from those words I said when we were sitting in the beginning, stop trying to be kind, stop trying to be compassionate and loving and generous. Uh-huh. What an un-Buddhist thing to say. <laughs> terrible. Uh-huh. But the point I'm making is that um, when take people take up Buddhist practice, they, they feel like they... they um, uh, need to be saving all beings you know and being kind to people and 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 cultivating all of those qualities that the problem is often in the trying and the trying too hard and when we're trying too hard it's like we we we're, we're driven by an idea and an ideal and we're not trusting the buddha nature that will just emerge which is kindness and compassion and love and all of those things that just emerges out of out of our being, that's not caught up in stories and in ideals, etc. It just come, comes out of our being. we right? are one and the same. And um, the the awakened life is really trusting that process. It's really really coming back into just what is, without all the stories and everything. And 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 it's, I guess that's what faith is in a way. It's trust. It's not faith in something outside of you that's going to save you, but it, it's a faith in your true nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess what stimulated me to think about this was there was another counsellor who I was supervising recently, and she was talking about the um, the frustration of people, feeling frustrated with the work that people come in as clients and, and expect... Something obvious, you know. Expect to perform some kind of miracle or whatever. And how I was responding to her was saying that in a consumer culture, you know, so people can come to counselling with a consumer type approach to counselling, and they pay their money and they expect to get the goods, (laughs) and my problem will go away or I'll feel better or whatever. And and uh, if we're not mindful. and we're not wise as counsellors and therapists or people in the helping profession. We can get hooked at, into that agenda. And then what we do is we create a polarity where there's an over-responsible, under-responsible pattern where the, the helper is over-responsible and the person coming along is under-responsible. Right? Like a parent-adolescent classic type of situation too. and. Um, that kind of dynamic is not helpful for anyone. It's not helpful for the the counsellor, the therapist, because it's what will lead to burnout, and it's ultimately not good for the client because they ultimately need to take responsibility for their their own life. Mm-hmm. And um, so, there there is some. Um, Aspects of, of Zen practice that we can draw on here is a kind of a, a metaphor um, for what generosity and giving and helping are. And in um, Japan, um, the, monk, the Zen monks go begging. They have all their black um, robes on and a straw hat that comes right over their face, so you can't see who they are. You can't see their face at all. It's deliberate and they go around um, through the streets about 100 metres apart and they, they, um, in, in chant, they, they chant ho, ho, like that. Ho means dharma. So they're chanting the word dharma as they go through the streets. And when you see them, um, you go up and you bow, and they bow back and you give an offering into their little, little um, bag that they've got. But the point of it is they don't look at you and you don't look at them because the spirit of it is there's no giver and there's no receiver. Right? And when you come back to, particularly those, those of us who work in the helping profession but people who want to help generally, there's no helper and there's no one being helped. Right? There's, just, there's just the act of giving the money over or giving the rice over. Right? And um, And when we when we touch base with that, that there's no helper and no one to be helped, then the the act of helping or giving or being generous or whatever or being kind can just come forward without it, without it coming out of the head, which is an ideal. It's something it should do because I'm a Buddhist or I should do it because I'm a Christian. That's the Christian thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then there's something, something a bit flaky about it when it comes out like that. Another story which is vaguely similar it's a lovely story, which is the story of um, um Daito, who was um, a twelfth century um, Japanese Zen teacher who was the founder of the first temple I went to in in Kyoto Daitokuji and um, there was a story he when he before he became famous, he just used to um hang out with the beggars, with the poor people under one of the bridges in Kyoto, and um, the emperor heard about this Zen teacher, this interesting person who was living with the beggars, um, but he, uh, you couldn't tell who he was because he just looked like the rest of the beggars. He was anonymous. He was a, a, a non, non-entity. So he thought, I'll, I'll devise a way of trying to find out who he is. So um, he came down with some um, watermelons. And, um, and he, he had the watermelons to give out to the monks. And so he knew about it, a little bit about Zen, the emperor. So he asked a, an interesting question to find out who the Zen teacher was. And he said, um, I have some melons here, but I'll only give them to someone who can um, receive them with no hands. And then the Zen teacher said, well, if you can give them with no hands, then I'll receive them with no hands. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, ah, who's the Zen teacher? <laughs> so we give with no hands. We help. we help without being a helper. You know, we give with no hands and we receive with no hands. It's touching on the, the basis of interconnectedness and wholeness and emptiness um, that can be... Um, uh, Behind our, our giving, and um, being being driven by an ideal of giving um, can lead to all sorts of problems. Um, not only a sort of an over-responsible, under-responsible kind of pattern. We, if that occurs, and we're, we're over-helpful to people, even though it's not wanted, reminds me of a a Chinese proverb um, better to teach someone how to, better to teach someone how to fish than to give them fish uh-huh. and and even you can see it if you bring that into everyday family life um, one of the things I, I come across quite frequently disturbingly frequently is parents doing their children's homework for them <laughs> uh-huh. and um, like now it's okay if a child is distressed and you sort of you know, sharing a few ideas and encouraging them to do it and getting them some, you know, confidence. But what I find is a lot of parents actually doing it for their kids. They're actually putting... They're, they're doing the assignments and handing them in, right? Now, it looks like you're helping your child. Are you really helping your child? Really? Right? They're going to learn the shortcuts. They're going to learn when I distress them someone else does it for me. And in a kind of way, they're being, they're being encouraged to cheat. Right? So there's a whole lot of negative stuff comes with that. But on the surface of it, you know, someone someone's trying to help. Who are they trying to help? Maybe they're trying to help themselves, not have to deal with a distressed child, right? So they get an early night's sleep, right? Something like that. But there's a whole lot of examples like that where people um, excessively try to help and it all goes wrong in some kind of way. Um, So yes, it's important that you know, sort of, as a to come back to a a practice component. um, You know, if you're in a situation where help is required, just wipe out all your ideas of helping, and then act. Mm -hmm. Wipe out all ideas of helping, and then act, and allow whatever needs to come forward to come forward rather than just being driven by this ideal that I've got to be a a good person. So that's my brief talk for tonight.